Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Hello and welcome to episode 245 of the UK True Crime Podcast. I'm Adam. There are certain crimes which repulse us that shock us to the core. We might all have different opinions on this, but safe to say, generally any offences against children and the elderly are often balked at to greater levels. It is the vulnerability I think that these groups present that generates such anger towards these types of offences, and today's case, which focuses on more senior citizens, is one such example. But before we get to the story, a huge thank you to all my supporters at Patreon, especially those watching this recording live on YouTube, and to the new members of this exclusive club. That is Catherine Calnon, Sharon and Steve Day. Thank you so much for your support. This episode is brought to you by Stitch Fix. In a world of small, medium and large, you might be a medium or a marge, or maybe you can't find anything that fits right. Get the perfect fit with Stitch Fix, no matter your size. I love Stitch Fix. It's an online personal styling company that brings you the world of fashion and style without having to traipse around the shops. From August, I would rather spend my Saturday afternoons at Ellen Road watching the Mighty League United, not at shopping centres. It's a fun way to find clothes that you will love and it's so easy to do. So to get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk slash truecrime to set up your profile and your personal stylist will send you fresh looks personalised just for you in your colours, styles and budget. I like being surprised and finding clothes I love that I would normally not have considered. Get started today at stitchfix.co.uk slash truecrime and you'll get 20% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.co.uk slash truecrime for 20% off when you keep everything in your fix. stitchfix.co.uk slash truecrime This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. You know by now that I love Best Fiends, which is my favourite puzzle game on my phone. I just love the challenging puzzles, but I also enjoy that it's a casual game that I can just pick up and play whenever I get small periods of free time. And whenever I do, there's always something new going on, whether it's a new challenge, a fun monthly event, or just new levels. Best Fiends has created a whole world right on my phone. It's got great music, it's bright and colourful, with amazing graphics and gameplay, and there's a story about all these cute characters which you pick up on the journey to help you in future levels. Even if, like me, you don't play a lot of games, do give it a go. You won't regret it. And did I mention you don't need internet connection to play? For me, living in a rural location with very poor internet, it's such a major bonus. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends about the R, Best Fiends. Let's quickly set some context for today's story. Top of the UK chart was a true classic, guaranteed to fill any nightclub dance floor. Yup, it was Crazy Frog with Axel F. And the top album in Australia was In Your Honour from the Foo Fighters. In the news, Venus Williams and Roger Federer won at Wimbledon. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the series, 
was published worldwide with 9 million copies selling in 24 hours. Wow, that's even more just than gone fishing. On the 6th of this month, Britain heard the news it had been successful in winning the Olympic Games of 2012. But any celebrations abruptly stopped the day after, when a series of coordinated terrorist bombings struck London's public transport system during the morning rush hour. Three bombs exploded within 50 seconds of each other on three London underground trains. A fourth bomb exploded on the bus an hour later in Tavistock Square. 52 civilians were killed and over 700 people were injured in the atrocities. Did you get the month and year? Carol, watching live, did. It was July 2005. Across the summer and autumn of 2005 in Scotland, in Glasgow and Lanarkshire, pensioners suddenly found themselves at risk from, as what police were later describe, a despicable individual. That man was 35-year-old Dennis Smythe, who lived in Glasgow in 2005. With a whole host of previous convictions, he appeared to be a troubled individual, never far from an infraction of the law. As a 23-year-old back in 1993, he was before the High Court in Glasgow to face a charge of robbery and murder, when a 74-year-old woman, Marion Henderson, died following an assault in the street near her home in the Knightswood area of Glasgow. She'd been mugged and was robbed of her handbag and purse, which contained a small amount of money and savings books. She was found lying in the street injured and only yards away from her front door. Witnesses told how the pensioner was shocked and upset, but she was able to describe lucidly how the attack happened, and at this point it seemed that she would make a full recovery. She was taken into hospital for observation, but she had to be rushed into the neurosurgery unit after her condition deteriorated, despite having sustained relatively minor injuries during the attack. Sadly though, her scan revealed a fracture to the skull with bleeding and a clot on her brain, and Marion died from her injuries. Following an intense nine-day trial, Smythe was ultimately acquitted of the charges. He was, though, found guilty of housebreaking into a property close to Marion's address, and for that he was jailed for a year. This, though, as we shall hear today, would be by no means the final time that Dennis Smythe would experience hospitality, care of Her Majesty the Queen. In July 2005, Smythe literally began a one-man crime wave across Glasgow and Lanarkshire. His modus operandi was probably a familiar one to many of you listening to the podcast today, something which we have sadly seen on many occasions. Smythe would often pose as a plumber or a general workman and ransack homes whilst the unwary occupants would run taps, having been asked by the plumber to do just that. He would then leave his victims still standing at the taps long after he'd vanished with his loot. Nearly all of us fully assume that a man dressed appropriately and able to talk the talk would be honest and reputable, and perhaps we wouldn't even doubt the credentials of such a caller. We are, after all, an inherently trusting society, and we find it difficult to believe that anyone would stoop to such lengths. We hear so many times on this podcast, that sort of thing never happens around here, it never happens to me. On the 19th of September 2005, Smythe used this technique to steal a wallet containing £2,000 from an 81-year-old man in Glasgow. A month later, he attacked again, 
this time taking a 79-year-old woman's handbag, which contained just over £700. These two instances alone show another reason, not just their vulnerability, for why he targeted such groups. Sadly, many elderly people are still renowned for storing large sums of cash in their properties, often keeping their money and valuables under beds, in lofts, in drawers, basically anywhere other than the bank. On the 21st of October, he struck twice, stealing a pension book, £200, and three purses from an 88-year-old woman in a small town north of Glasgow, before travelling the short journey back to the city centre, where he then took £120 and a diamond ring from a 74-year-old woman. Each incident, no matter the financial loss, is significant, as it's someone you've let into your home and abusing your trust. For an elderly person in particular, it can be a long time before they get over this experience, if indeed they ever do. Smythe didn't have it all his own way, however. One victim, a 93-year-old woman, thwarted him by phoning her neighbour, which caused him to rapidly flee, and on another occasion he was asked to provide his ID badge, which again sent him scrambling away empty-handed. These occasions, sadly, were not the norm. Smith succeeded on at least 17 occasions between the July and October of 2005, and in tandem with stealing money and valuables, he'd also created a great fear across Glasgow within the elderly communities. It is with some irony that only a couple of years prior to Smythe's reign of deceit, the officers in Scotland had launched an initiative with the aim of protecting elderly people from such bogus callers as Smythe. An event was held by Strathclyde Police Force, which they named the Foot in the Door campaign. They envisaged that the city's elderly people would adopt the slogan, If in doubt, keep them out. Chief Superintendent John Wilson explained the drive for protection. He said, In recent months, there have been a number of elderly people who've been cruelly duped by bogus callers. In some cases, the callers have escaped with people's life savings. We want to highlight the menace of these heartless tricksters and offer people advice on how to avoid becoming a victim. This initiative may have helped raise some levels of alertness, but it's clear through the number of victims that Dennis Smythe was able to prey upon that there was still a lot of vulnerability in Glasgow. Superintendent Robertson of Strathclyde Police was adamant that this crime was not a commonplace one, but nonetheless he was determined to halt the spree which was happening on his patch. Thankfully, he was able to do just this through the combined means of DNA and fingerprint evidence, as well as the statements made by the very people that Smythe had targeted. Superintendent Robertson claimed that the information we got from the victims was absolutely key to solving this particular case. In February 2006, at the High Court in Glasgow, Smythe stood trial for his crimes. Ronnie Renucci defended Smythe in court, but it is a pretty difficult gig, and he can only offer a less than wholesome explanation as to why he had committed the thefts, claiming that the money was to pay off debts he'd incurred whilst gambling. The police were able to establish that the age range of the victims varied from 65 to 94 years old. In passing sentence, the judge accepted that whilst no violence had been involved, he could not underestimate the trauma that would affect elderly victims. To highlight this more effectively, a Dr Rob Gray, a consultant in old age psychology, 
attested to the court just what such incidents can do to elderly victims. Sometimes, he said, there are people in their 70s and 80s who've never had to see a psychologist before in their lives. But as a result of being a victim of a bogus caller and having significant monies or properties removed from their house, they develop a psychological reaction. This leads them to suffer anxiety and depression, maybe for the first time in their lives. Renucci advised the court that Smythe had admitted his guilt to the 17 charges of theft, as he did not want to put the victims through any more trauma. He really is all heart. Smythe was sent to prison for six years and eight months at Scotland's only open prison at Castle Huntley. The prison opened in 1947 originally as a borstal, and today it holds a relatively small number of inmates, with almost 300 people filling its capacity. Smythe, by now, was quite an expert on Scotland's prisons, for incredibly, this would be the 24th time they'd been imprisoned in his lifetime. It's quite remarkable, isn't it, for someone still relatively young? And yet we still keep sending people like Smythe, who aren't a physical danger to us, to prison, thinking it works. What is that definition of insanity again? I digress. With Smythe locked up, Glasgow's elderly residents could have been forgiven for assuming that they had a bit of safety from the man. Castle Huntley Prison is designed principally to house lower risk offenders, with the emphasis on careful prep for release with the aim of reducing the risk of re-offending, which will in turn contribute to safer communities. However, having only served a little over a year of his sentence, by 2008, Smythe was enjoying a week-long home visit from the low-security prison. Remember, Smythe had only been in prison since 2006. And in 2008, he was released for a week on July the 9th and due to return a week later on the 16th. But true to form, Smythe didn't return to the prison following his stint back home in Glasgow. Instead, he went on the run apparently to escape a drug habit he had developed whilst in prison. Press releases were issued to help have Smythe re-arrested. His description as a man about 5'7", with short brown hair, blue eyes and a pierced left ear, was circulated in the hope that they could swiftly bring him back to the prison. But he managed to evade the authorities for a full week before finally being apprehended following an intense police search. There he was, hiding in undergrowth and nettles behind a chapel on the outskirts of Glasgow. Hardly the Shawshank Redemption, was it? Once more then, Smythe appeared in the dock, this time at Perth Sheriff Court, for breaching his conditions. His face covered in scratches after trying to evade the long arm of the law amongst the undergrowth. The sheriff was perplexed at just why Smythe had been allowed visits home. He was sentenced in February 2006 to almost seven years, and by July 2008, he's getting seven days home leave, he queried. Smythe's solicitor admitted that his client should have returned, but within the prison he'd started to owe money. Those within the prison told him he must bring something back on his return, which he wasn't prepared to do. He added, it was only in the past month or so that his problems weighed heavily upon him, and he started to take heroin. He didn't want to return to prison. The sheriff added a further six months to Smythe's sentence. 
it seems that he managed to keep out of trouble for the rest of the sentence, and Smythe was once again released from prison upon completion of his time at Castle Huntley. No doubt officials were hoping that Smythe was rehabilitated and would be able to veer away from a criminal course, but the decision to release him was not popular with the public, and it set off considerable alarm bells to the elderly communities in and around Glasgow. Indeed, the spokesman for the Scottish Senior Citizens Party had this to say of Smythe. I think that everyone of my generation would gladly lock him up and throw away the key. It's as serious as that. And certainly an incident in November 2019 appeared to reinforce the public's view in relation to Smythe. Once more, the victim was an elderly lady living alone in Paisley. And once more, she was specifically vulnerable, not least because the 88-year-old used a walking aid due to her poor mobility, and she also lived alone. However, this time, the offender was given an almighty surprise by his intended victim. Whether or not the man had watched a woman's address is unclear, but surely he had some inkling as to the fact that she lived alone, and this would of course present itself as an opportunity. It was the 14th of November, when the pensioner was standing in her living room, writing a card on her unit to a friend. At around 6.25pm, and under the cover of winter darkness, someone seized their opportunity and sneaked into the lady's home, and began ransacking the cupboards. The woman then heard a man's voice from behind her, which understandably startled her, but the man began speaking to her, although she could not quite understand what he was saying. She shouted at the man, demanding to know what he was doing in her house, but he merely continued about his business opening cupboards and pulling out envelopes, which contained cash, euros, a bank card and a council tax card. It appeared as though the man knew what he was looking for, as he continued rifling his way through her cupboards and drawers. The woman tried to grab her envelopes back, but he pulled them away from her grasp. She then began tugging on the man's coat to restrain him slightly before raining down several blows upon his head with her hands. The startled intruder was finally able to break free of her grasp and bolted out of the back door to the house. In an extremely shaken and stricken state, she managed to eventually reach her hallway and activate a panic alarm, which had previously been installed by the police. Officers arrived swiftly at the scene and in conjunction with the dog unit searched the area, but initially at least to no avail. Scenes of crimes officers swabbed the pensioner's hands, as well as particular areas of her house, in the hope that evidence could be found in their hunt for the intruder. Dennis Smythe, as familiar to the Scottish police force as surely any man, was of course a prime suspect. But proof would be required before they'd be able to pin down yet another crime on this serial offender. Fortunately, there was DNA evidence found from the hand swabs obtained from the victim and also from the rear door through which the man had escaped. It seemed as though the woman's have-a-go heroic efforts in trying to apprehend the offender may have paid dividends after all. And true enough, the DNA found on the back of the woman's hands was quickly confirmed as being from Dennis Smythe. Evidently not rehabilitated in any shape or form, instead apparently free to continue his usual behaviour. With his DNA confirmed, police were able to track down Smythe 
in the area of Glasgow where he lived. He could hardly deny his involvement in this most recent of crimes, and when arrested and interviewed, he chose only to provide police with the standard and boring response of no comment. The Procurator Fiscal was able to build the case against Smythe to be held at Paisley Sheriff Court, and on the 31st of March this year, Smythe, now 51, pleaded guilty to the latest charges levelled against him. As details of Smythe's most recent crime emerged before the court, all present must have had an overwhelming sense of Groundhog Day, as once again they were subjected to detail of this man's blasé and relentless efforts to steal from a pensioner. The sheriff called for pre-sentence reports to be prepared ahead of sentencing and adjourned the case until the following month. Smythe returned to the dock to learn again his fate. His conviction meant he had been convicted at nine different courts against Scotland and the sheriff, in pronouncing prison yet again, ensured that Dennis Smythe would be locked up for an unbelievable 25th time. The 51-year-old was given 16 months in the slammer for this latest offence, but I wonder, will this finally be his last? So what do you make of what we've heard today? Although not as immediately devastating as some of the cases we hear on this podcast, there is no doubt that these crimes have a terrible effect on the victims. This story highlights many issues. What we do with so-called career criminals, how best to deal with their offending nature and the merits of the open prison, where clearly their own rules and regimes will not always be adhered to. In such cases, there is of course the obvious risk that a convicted criminal is once again back at large in the communities, that in Smythe's case, he had terrorised before. There can be little doubt, I think, in this particular case that the justice system's courses of actions have not been effective. For a man to have made a criminal career from preying upon the elderly through bogus calls and housebreaking, and to have been jailed 25 times, surely demonstrates extreme flaws within its system. My view is that prison clearly doesn't work, except for violent people, and Smythe would have been treated much more effectively in the community. You may disagree and feel that a longer sentence in a harsh environment is the right response. Who knows? But things surely have to change. Only time will tell if Dennis Smythe is finally able to detach himself from his criminality when he is next released from prison. Or what do you think? Is it more likely that I'll be writing a further podcast about him sometime in the future? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast today. To discuss this story or any other aspect of UK true crime, please head to the Facebook group where you can find over 70,000 of us. And to support the show and catch all the bonus episodes, and with a chance to win a weekend with a unicorn, just head to patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime all for as little as £1 per month. So it's all for me for this week. I'm off to listen to the Kings of Leon and Elbow to get me in the mood for a night clubbing on the England and Scotland border. Hmm. Or maybe just a cocoa and bed. Well, on that old and dull bumshell, please do take it easy. And despite all the others, stay classy. Cheerio for now. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.